This is the Inside Cloud Channel podcast. I'm your host, Zegert van der Linden. This is part two in our miniseries about Windows Virtual Desktop. In the last episode, you got an introduction into WVD and app virtualization. Today, we'll explore the technical side of it. What's needed to get started with WVD, as we'll be calling it. I'll be talking to Carlo Caravaglia and Alex Malus about today's topics. Good to see you guys. Yes. Hello. All joining us via WVD, I heard. Yeah, people cannot see it's a podcast, but anyway. <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's take it to the basics real quick. Uh, well, well, Carlo, since you're already head deep into the, the subject, this one's for you. What's, what is WVD? If you want to take it as a broader view, as simple as it, it might look like, uh, it's a desktop that is located somewhere else with all the implicit benefits. So instead of having to have the data and the resources in the location of the users, like a normal laptop, you have only a window, like using Windows, on the remote computer, and you're using only local peripheral, like the, the, the mouse, the monitor, and the keyboard uh, as input to your remote PC. Uh, in this way, you can leverage uh, um, also unmanaged PC to connect to the company resources, even with bringing your, your own device. Uh, where also studies demonstrated that if the employee, and I, I am a good example, is left with the openness to use in his own device of his choice, uh, it will work more happily, be more productive. Um, maybe I shouldn't say this, but actually my company laptop is like eight months or more in uh, the, 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 the locket and I'm using my personal machine. <laughs> Um, they're not listening. Uh, but, say they're not listening. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're not listening. Then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and also, thing on that scenario uh, where uh, you're a working on a word document, you're sipping your coffee, and the cup fell on the laptop, and you break it, or the, the coffee gets in the laptop, and you get hopefully not electrocuted and whatever. Um, you have to have a replacement for the laptop. Uh, you have costly cost for that, and and also you have the time to wait, and maybe you lose your data, your document, etc. Uh, but in other case, uh, could be on your thin client or low cost v machine, so you just have lower uh, uh, um, refresh cost. Um, but also you can just simply another take another device like uh, another computer or whatever kind of computer or also a, 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 a tablet and reconnect to the to, to your machine and uh, keep working on the document you was working to at the same spot you also left your mouse in uh, so it, it's very it's very cool. And if we bring this to the WVD perspective, it's even cooler uh, because uh, well, we already talked about uh, this topic a lot. Uh, you use a client, not a server. It's much more uh, a technical perspective, is much more simpler to manage also with the application that are written from, from client machines. Uh, you also uh, have much more simpler licensing management because it's just a tick in the box and you enable everything. And also on a backend management is much more simple because you just don't manage it. Uh, Microsoft does for yourself and all the hustle of uh, managing a, uh, a, a remote desktop infrastructure, which if you want to, uh, you have to, because until today you, you had to. 
uh, is actually measure everything by Microsoft. So you can really focus in on what is your real core business and IP and other value to bring to your customers. So Alex, um, today is about the technical side. So maybe you can walk us through the first steps to what do I need to set up uh, Windows Virtual Desktop? Well, you only need the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again, the magical so, cloud. Well, Windows Virtual Desktop is something really cool and new that has been in general availability for not even a year now. So it's a solution that works only in the Microsoft Cloud. and But, but at the end of the day, it's not that new when it comes to the underlying components. So it, it's an evolution of remote desktop services, so terminal services at the beginning, back in 98 or 96. And then it kept on evolving from there into the um, getting the remote desktop services name. And and, and uh, that that is a solution that still exists now and you can have it deployed in the uh, both an on-prem environment and in the cloud, the, the RDS, I mean. And that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of components that you need to put in place. Um, so so it's, it's, it relies on the same underlying infrastructure, but instead of you managing the WVD environment, it is Microsoft taking care of it in, a, in an automated manner, so a managed service, a pass service. So what you need is um, is an Azure subscription, uh, some some uh, permissions, of course. So you need permissions of on that subscription, and then permission to write on that uh, Azure tenant. So a global admin role on the tenant, an owner role on the subscription, and and next to that you can just start deploying the WVD environment. Of course. Currently, the session hosts of the Windows Virtual Desktop are still virtual machines which need to be joined to a domain. So you either have a domain controller well, on-prem to which you connect via VPN or you deploy a domain controller in a VM in Azure in order for you to join the session host to the domain or what we prefer the most, use another pass service the Azure Active Directory domain services and and uh, spin that up and then you do it once and then it just works. You don't have to worry about the management of it, the patching and the everything. Um, and then you'll be able to join your session hosts to that machine. Next to it, so, so you, you need these in order to deploy the environment. That will of course incur some some costs so the wvd particularly is for free you don't have to pay for it the underlying infrastructure but then you have other components which you will be paying for like the adds in this scenario some storage some egress traffic and whatnot um, but the for, for the deployment of it this is what you need and, and later on we'll touch upon the the rest of the components that are needed yeah, so so uh, well, let's talk about those components. One of those things is uh, an, an Azure Active Directory. Am I right? Yes, that is yeah. the Azure tenant. That's the tenant. Okay, so that's that's because that those were two of the 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 words I I came up with while doing research. Uh, Carlo, I'm going to give this one back to you. The Azure tenant. What what? What is it? What does it do? Well, actually, it does a lot of things. Um, and 
it's called Azure Tenant, and the tenant is uh, a, a logical, uh, let's say, containerization or separation of your environment with the rest of the world. So everything that happens in that tenant stays in that tenant, if you want to rephrase something else. And um, uh, you use the tenant for everything, not only for, for Azure, but actually for all the Microsoft services, even if you have only a Office 365 license, you're still leveraging Azure Active Directory in an Azure tenant. So you still have the Azure AD in the background. And basically within that tenant, uh, the, 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 basic, the baseline, for example, like I said, if you have Office 365, uh, you use that one for authenticate the users. So you have your users in there, uh, you identify your users, you give the right permissions to users, so you can uh, uh, decide basically what to do to, to allow or deny uh, some, some specific operations uh, to that users. So at the end, the, uh, uh, the Azure Active Directory is like conceptually an on-premise AD uh, where you have your, your account users uh, where that you can then identify and apply things. Uh, the same things apply in the cloud, but again, you have a... Uh, plus service. So you just have the Azure Active Directory service where you only manage the users and you don't care about the rest of the backend infrastructure. If I hear you saying this, it sounds a bit like it's a, it's, it's like a control panel or something. Yes. So let me, let me give the, yeah. an example here. So uh, Azure Active Directory is a lightweight version of an on-premises Active Directory. Just for the technical people to, to have an idea about that. And the the way I prefer to to compare it with uh, with the, the the world we live in, the physical world we live in. So think of a tenant like you would think of a building block. You have a big building block. You but that building block has different floors. You can go to the different floors, and it, at each separate floor you have apartments. In those apartments you can get in or you cannot get in so just to 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 get back to the authentication example and multi-factor you go into this building block you go to the floor seven and you get to apartment x whatever and then you knock on the door and then i ask you who are you then you tell me your name so that's so to say username and password authentication um, so I, I know about you, but I don't trust that you are who you say you are. So I say, can you present me your passport so that I can let you in? So that is the multi-factor authentication. So that's that's a, one way to put it. But then once you are in my apartment, do I want you to access all the rooms like we discussed in the previous episodes or not? And that's where the role-based access control comes into play. So... Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison with uh, with the on-prem world and uh, with the uh, with our current world. And that's how you can see Azure tenants or an Azure Active Directory. It basically says you can enter this room, but you yes. cannot enter that room, and you can't look in my drawer. Yeah, and at, when you go in the building, you can have a, a how do you call it an RFD scanner or or, a, or some some sort of key to get in the building. If you don't have that key, you don't get in the building. The same way you cannot enter any other building around you, right? You can en enter only the one you have the key for. So that would be the different, 
the, 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 the different Azure AD tenants each customers have. Yeah, but as an being an end user, you don't notice the Active Directory, you don't notice the tenants, you just, you're still part of it, you still use it in some way, but you, yeah, you, you don't. You're not you, aware of it, of course. You're not aware of it. Yeah, because everything is set up centrally by the IT uh, people and gives you the proper access you have. Then we can open a, a governance discussion because they are putting, taking the example of, of Alex, uh, all the people get a passport too for the whole building, but that's another governance. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for some other episode, talk about the, the governance. Yeah. Um, we've also discussed the, the term uh, virtual machine uh, more times in previous episodes. Uh, it, the, the term got mentioned uh, in this episode already. Um, that's something you need to create before you can deploy WVD, Carlo. Uh, did I understand that correctly? Uh, well, the, b before you use WVD, you had to deploy, deploy uh, a lot of things. And yeah, VM is one of those uh, because you... Uh, still need to um, 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 to manage the, the, the session host where the users connect. So the, the Microsoft takes care for all the background, so you don't care anymore about the load balancing, connection broker, gateway, and etc. because everything is managed by Microsoft. So the thing that is left for you as a customer provider or whatever to, to manage is the data of the users. Uh, and and uh, this means also uh, the, the VMs that connect. So uh, you have uh, uh, the, 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 all the VMs of the pool you create that you still have to manage. You can manage with the uh, images, for example, you create some gold images and then you can create VMs upon them. Um, and of course, the, the data of the users, because uh, most, most likely you will have also some some uh, uh, um, services uh, beside WVD, which could be like uh, SharePoint to stay or to, to share all your data, or maybe a, an, an Azure file, not only for the user profiles, but also for acting as a classical file server if you don't want to use SharePoint. So you still have some some items in, 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 in around WVD, like all the companies because you have your application, your data, etc. Uh, but uh, all the noisy hustle that till yesterday you had to manage in order to have your service up and running. So you have cost on on on, on services, hardware, people, whatever to um, uh, make these IPs to work. Uh, at this time, not only with WVD, but talking broader with pass or self service with only office, uh, for example, Office 365 itself, it's it's a broader SaaS service because uh, many times people see Office 365 as what as was Excel and PowerPoint. Actually, it's a lot much more, uh, and that much more, which is Microsoft Teams, SharePoints, and and Intune and EMS and etc., is a service that has all the background measured by Microsoft. So you just focus on your business, what you're doing, what is really important for you. And the rest is uh, the noisy stuff is managed by Microsoft. The noisy stuff is managed by Microsoft. I think that's... Uh, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, but Alex, that sounds almost too simple. If Carlos says, just there's almost... Microsoft does almost all the work. <laughs> is, it, is it that? It, it's, it's really that simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it really is. So when, when if you compare <laughs> WVD with RDS, so just, uh, well, I won't bother you necessarily with the technicalities, but to deploy an RDS, you need the domain controller, you, you, you need a, a, web, a web access, uh, you need the broker, you need a licensing component, uh, you need a, a gateway, you need a file share, you need to store the user profile. So it's a super complex uh, thing to deploy. All, all what I've mentioned would need an, a separate virtual machine, generally speaking, to, to deploy each one of these roles separately. Whereas all of it, or, or most of it, is taken care of by Microsoft fully. So all the remote desktop services component is something that Microsoft takes care of in an automated manner. So you don't have to worry about the deployment of it, the management of it, the updating, the, the patching to ensure that it is highly available and that it just works. Microsoft does all that for you. And then you, yes, you still need to take care of the users. Uh, so the, the, the domain services component, the user profiles and the data of the users that resides within the, the, the session hosts normally or is accessed through the session hosts. But that's way less management for you to take care of versus an RDS environment. And, and usually if you think that that environment is, well, it was by two because you want to put everything in high availability and and recently a colleague told me that three is the new two so you have three vms for each service and and, and if you think as such a complex environment then it happens that you have you receive the call there is user x that calls you and says there it i can connect to my vm uh, okay, so you need to go in each uh, service or each uh, gateway connection broker, load balancing, etc. Check the data the user try to log in, check the logs and match the logs and try to understand what happened. And it's okay if there are people that did that, they know it's a bloodbath doing that operation. And in WVD, Microsoft also adds a new service that's called Diagnostic. Um, which this service actually, um, Microsoft is taking care also on the correlation of the logs and the connection flows and etc. So uh, at the moment, a user has a connection issue and raise a ticket, for example. With that service, you have already an automation in place that tells you, okay, these users uh, uh, crash in that wall, so you have to fix uh, that item and the user will uh, connect uh, again. So you can also simplify all the troubleshooting uh, so thing in the background. To, to, to sum it all up, Microsoft does all the noisy stuff. Exactly, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks, uh, uh, thanks guys, for, uh, for chatting with me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to the Inside Cloud Channel podcast hosted by me, Zegert van der Linde. Special thanks to Insights Carlo Caravaglia and Alex Malos. Next time you'll hear part three in our mini-series on Windows Virtual Desktop. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time.